Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Hello, everybody. Great to be with you today. Hope you're enjoying another gorgeous day in the valley. And it's been beautiful the last couple of days. Wow. Spectacular. Maybe you're out in the car, driving to a park right now, or down to a stream, listening to the show as you go along. Well, have a good time. Enjoy it. We've been aching for weather like this for a while. Great stuff. All right. Matt McGloin joins us on the show today. He had always promised that he would do the show once the suit was out. And what? Did I say something wrong? I could have sworn that was... I, <laughs> we, were, we were exchanging texts to confirm his appearance this afternoon at 3.35 live on the show. I could have sworn there was suit somewhere. It was either my text or his. I'll double check. Some, I mean, I'd check it out because I mean, it's, it's, it's just, a lot of people in Scranton are anti-suit. No. <laughs> I said, well, what about digital media? So we'll get back to him. Uh, but he'll be on 335 today. Neil Kulong today. Rumors are running rampant that the Steelers in the second round are interested in Pat Mahomes at Texas Tech. Hmm? Now, I don't quite believe that. I don't quite believe that. But we'll see what Neil has to say. Yeah. Donnie Collins. Donnie yeah. Collins, Grand Times Tribune today, too. Yeah, it's the burning question. It's like, when will they pull the trigger and, and draft a quarterback? I mean, how long are you going to hang your hat on Landry Jones? How long will he remain the backup? And how much longer do you think Ben will officially be, you know, good old number seven out there every single Sunday? <laughs> you know, I mean, what? second round seems kind of high to me. Well, by the end of the second round, he'll probably be gone. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Look, there is... a shortage of really good quarterbacks. It's almost like there's such a shortage of really good radio producers. What? No, it's kind of you. I appreciate that. Same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the shortage of the really good ones out there. And there's a shortage of really good quarterbacks. That's what makes this a tough call. And I think that that's that's an issue. Now Lance Zerling is going to the NFL.com drafting analyst. He's going to join us on the show Thursday. Right before my brother's back. Now, you missed my brother last week. 
Yes, I was coming back home from Philadelphia last Wednesday, so I had a chance to listen to uh, the podcast when I got home later that night. And yes, Steve Jones Show podcast now available on Google Play and iTunes. So please subscribe. Did you listen because you were worried? No, no, <laughs> no the, the head was not on a swivel. No, no, not what, like that at all. What did they do? <laughs> <laughs> what country did Steve say I was traveling to this time? <laughs> I only mentioned it, I thought it was a non-extradition country. That's all I mentioned. Okay, after that, no, no, don't know. But I thought it was a non-extradition. That's all I said, and I just I did that for your own personal protection. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Two uh, people have my back. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the other one? Uh, <laughs> I'll assume that's at home. It can't yes. be in the building. Yes. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, everybody always has sayings up from little plaques. They have little sayings up, right? Well. About a month ago, I went by the suits office in the building. <laughs> it said every man for himself. All right. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk Penn State football today with Donnie Collins, Garrett Times Tribune. We'll talk about the Steelers in the NFL with uh, Neil Kulong today. Matt McGloin signing a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's going to join us on the show today as well. We'll talk about the draft on Thursday. Draft analysts from NFL.com. And then we'll probably continue to talk about the draft with my brother, who's got it all figured out. Maybe not. But, yeah, that's what we have coming up. It's not bad. Now, over the years, baseball, when we do polls... And as we found out in the last year how accurate polls are. But you do see polls over the years. When it comes to sports, and what do they show about baseball? Poll after poll shows baseball on a downward trend, correct? And I've pointed out a few times that baseball is an $8 billion industry. Well, it is stunning, according to Forbes, how much baseball teams are worth. Stunning. And the average baseball team today is second only to the average football team in terms of value. Let me take you through this. Again, uh, this station is, and this show is never shy about quoting Forbes. Now, the suit looks at Forbes for the pictures. Oh, look, there's Warren Buffett. We actually read the article. Mike Ozanian of Forbes is the one that put out the article. 
And the Yankees are the number one franchise in terms of value. And the value of the Yankees franchise is over $3 billion. It is off the charts in terms of the value. But here's the big part of this that Mike Ozanian points out in Forbes. The average Major League Baseball team is currently worth average $1.54 billion. That's the average now. Okay? That's up 19% from a year ago. So in one year, the average Major League Baseball team has been able to climb 19%. So how much are they worth? Well, let's start now. And it's going to be worth more as time goes. Now listen to this. Uh, The Yankees are worth... Okay, they're number one at three point seven billion. They're up nine percent from last year. The Dodgers are second, two point seven five billion, up ten percent. The Red Sox are third, two point seven billion. They're up seventeen percent. Uh, number four on the Major League Baseball valuation, the Cubs, two point six eight billion. Up 22%. The Giants are fifth. They're worth $2.65 billion now. And they're up 18%. The Mets are sixth. They're worth an even $2 billion now. And they're up 21%. Which, by the way, that $2 billion is the number that Steve Ballmer paid to buy the L.A. Clippers in the NBA. The Cardinals are seventh at one point eight billion. They're up twelve percent. Next, it's the Angels at one point seven five billion. They're up thirty one percent. The Phillies are ninth in terms of value. The Phillies are currently evaluated. Their valuation is one point six five billion. That's up thirty four percent in a year. Okay, next, let's see, I believe the Washington Nationals are 10th. Now remember, the Nationals, remember, they were almost out of business 10 years ago. They're trying to, I mean, the league ran and owned the team for a year. They're now worth $1.6 billion, and that is up 23% from a year ago. The Texas Rangers are 11th. They're worth $1.55 billion. That's up 27% from the year before. The Braves have a new ballpark. They're 12th. Their current value is $1.5 billion, and they're up 28%. The Astros, nice ballpark, good young team on the rise. Their value has risen 32% in a year. They're now at $1.45 billion. The Seattle Mariners, not bad, $1.4 billion. They're up 17% in a year. They're 14th. The midway mark, the 15th spot, let's see here. Let's get to the 15th spot here. The Forbes is asking me if I want to retire comfortably. Sure. The White Sox. You go from north to south side, and it drops dramatically, but it's $1.35 billion, and the White Sox value is up 29%. Blue Jays. Remember, the Canadian dollar is only worth 75 cents of the American dollar right now. 
but they're up one point to one point three billion dollars, and the Blue Jays' value has risen forty four percent in one year. The Pirates are seventeenth. One point two five billion is their value. They're up twenty eight percent from the year before. The Tigers are eighteenth worth one point two billion dollars. They're up four percent from the year before. The Orioles are nineteenth. Their current value is one point one eight billion. They're up eighteen percent. The Arizona Diamondbacks are at one point one five billion. They're up twenty four percent from the year before. Okay, twenty one on this list, the San Diego Padres. One point one three billion, up twenty six percent from the year before. The Minnesota Twins, one point oh three billion is their value. They're up thirteen percent. The Colorado Rockies, they're twenty three worth a billion in current value, up sixteen percent. So that means twenty three major league baseball teams are worth one billion dollars or better right now. The first team that falls under that threshold, the first franchise that falls under that threshold are the Kansas City Royals at nine hundred fifty million, but they're still up ten percent from last year. The Miami Marlins are at 25, worth $940 million, up 39%. Derek Jeter has discussed openly the possibility of trying to buy the Marlins. And their current value is $940 million. Next, the Milwaukee Brewers. They're 26, $925 million. They're up 6% from the year before. The Cleveland Indians are surprisingly 27. I think the Indians would be higher on this. They're worth $920 million, but they are up 15% from the year before. The Reds are worth $915 million. They're 28th in value, and their value only went up 1% last year. The Oakland A's are 29th. Their current value is $880 million, up 21%. And dead last, the Tampa Bay Rays, they are worth $825 million. And... They're actually up 27% in value from the year before. Now, value is going to change even more so coming up down the road. During the 2016 season, baseball's 30 teams posted an average operating income. This is their earnings before interest and taxes and depreciation and so forth of $34 million. That's 52% more than 2015. Player costs, 57% of the league's operating expenses did not increase as fast as the revenue. The player costs, payrolls, signing bonuses, drafted players, international signings, and benefits rose only 3.5% last year to $4.56 billion. So how does baseball stack up with other sports? Well, the average value of... A pro football team is $2.39 billion. That's the average. NFL team is worth $2.39 billion. Second is the average Major League Baseball team at $1.54 billion. 
That's ahead of the average NBA team, which is $1.36 billion, and the average NHL team is worth $517 million. Baseball is going to change even more so. Because guess what? New TV contracts are going to get signed. Cardinals are going to have a new TV contract that kicks in this year that they negotiated in 2015. That runs through 2032. The Pirates have a new TV contract coming up. In fact, there are several teams with new TV contracts that kick in, some that run through 2032. They're changed the valuation even more so. And each franchise credits one critical area that has changed everything for them. You know what that is, Sam? Digital media. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. A lot of football talk today. Matt McGloin in the next half hour. Neil Kulong. And Donnie Collins. So we have a lot of pro football talk going on. It's amazing. Baseball can be portrayed as being this dying sport. Oh, the pace of it isn't quick enough. Yet the value of a major league franchise through the roof. Television plays a big role in this. Make no mistake. They've been able to do a good job of negotiating long-term regional network cable TV deals. And for the cable TV outlet, a Root Sports, Comcast, whatever, having a Major League Baseball franchise as your anchor gives you 162 nights of programming a year. Now, it can add in a hockey or a basketball on top of it. Now, you can fill up the entire year with what really drives a sports network, and that's live sports. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We'll get to this day in sports history in a few minutes. But first of all, let's bring in the newest member of the Philadelphia Eagles, quarterback Matt McGloy. Matt, it is always great to hear you on the other end. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. But, uh, would uh, Paul and Kathy McGloin be two of the happier people out there today? You know what they are. You know, um, they're, they've always been extremely proud and extremely supportive, you know, and uh, you know, I spent the last four seasons in Oakland, so um, they, they weren't able to travel to a, a lot of games, so they're really happy and excited that I'll, I'll only be a few hours down the road now, so they'll be able to see me more and, and make it to a lot more games. In the four years that you spent in the Raider organization, in the pro game, where did you grow and how much of a chasm is it from college to the pro game? I think um, you know everybody talks about the speed uh, of the game as being one of the, the biggest changes from you know, the collegiate level to the professional level. And early on, there's no doubt that is uh, that, that is the main thing, is adjusting to the speed of the receivers, the speed of 
the game itself. Um, but I, I think I kind of was able to um, kind of pick up that uh, pick up on that early on and, and kind of um, you know learn how to you know play the game at a high speed. And then from there on out, it really just turned into experience. Uh, you know, making the most of the reps that you get, um, and really just playing a lot of football. You know, um, you know, growing mentally each and every day. Um, you know, obviously you're still working mechanics. You know, you're still working footwork, things like that. But you know, it, it takes a, a lot to continue to grow mentally uh, in the National Football League, especially at the quarterback position. So, uh, you know, that's really, really where I just want to continue to grow at. You know, um, continue doing film study. Uh, continue to, you know, continuing to read the playbook, um, work out my progressions and reads, and, and, and just continue to try to grow and, and be the best quarterback that, that I can be. In a week getting ready for a game, how many reps does a Derek, what percentage does a rep does a Derek Carr get versus what a Matt McGloin would get in the offense? Um, well, you know, in season, he, you know, takes all of them. <laughs> right. So, I don't get any really, you know, in regular season. So it's kind of difficult um, to, uh, you know, kind of take over there. I got did at the end of the season, you know, because physically you're not getting the reps that obviously he gets throughout the year. Um, I mean, I wasn't working with the first team, um, you know. I always but, found uh, that bizarre. I always have. It, yeah, you know, and that's like, hey. You know, at the end of the day, those guys are starters for a reason. They deserve all those reps because they're expected to play and perform well on Sunday. So I just try to do my best, um, you know, studying the film, you know, preparing as best as I can mentally, you know, going over our game plan, things like that. And I was still getting frozen throughout the course of the week, you know, working as a uh, on the Cardo team, we call it. I, just, I would just go up against our first-team defense. Uh, every week and, and go over the opposing team's plays, which, you know, is great. You're getting a lot of work in. You're going up against a great defense week in and week out. But, uh, you know, physically you're really not going over your game plan um, that much, you know. So it, it can be difficult, um, but, uh, but hey, it's part of the game, you know, and, and as a backup you need to be ready to play at all times. Carson Wentz, of course, is the established starter in Philadelphia. They signed Nick Foles. Now they have you. And in this league, you need really three guys that have been around the block a little bit. What made Philadelphia attractive for you, Matt? It just seemed like the right spot for me, the right fit. You know, you, you talked about those two other guys, and I'm really, really excited to uh, you know to be working with those guys um, come next week. Yeah, you know, obviously, I had played for. Uh, quarterback coach there now, John Filippo was my quarterback coach in Oakland for the first two years, so I'll mm-hmm. be excited to work with him again, and I'll be excited to work with the rest of that offensive staff. I'm, uh, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, getting down to Philadelphia next week and, and really, you know, um, to try to hit the ground running, so yeah, I feel great. I'm really excited. How different is the language? Uh, because that's something, everybody has their own way. Of, they, they, they may be a lot of the same plays, but there are different ways of calling it. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? It's always just a different language, different terminology, a few things uh, that are different here and there. And, um, you know, I've gone through two, you know, offensive systems already in the National Football League. Um, so that, it just takes time. You know, it takes time. It takes patience. Um, and it takes reps. You know, you got to be willing to, you know, do whatever it takes to, to, to get the playbook to stick, whether it be, you know, 
I used to. I remember when I was learning Bill O'Brien's playbook at Penn State. I used to make note cards. I used to. I used to stand in front of the mirror and just read the plays out loud. So uh, there's a million different things that you can do to, to kind of get the playbook to stick and, and to learn it, and um, and then you can become, you know, very very good at it once you once you once you learn the terminology. You've done a great job of sticking in this league, but at the same time, there was an opportunity it looked like it was going to be given to you for a playoff game, and then you got hurt. How tough was that for you because you were on the verge of something special? Right, yeah, you know, it definitely um, wasn't easy, um, that situation, um, the, the playoff week and the playoff game. You know, obviously, as a competitor and as a quarterback, I wanted to play, and I, I felt like I could play. But at the end of the day, those you know decisions like that are uh, are above my pay grade. So you know I, I practiced all that week, um, um, and I was prepared to play if they needed me. But you know, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't wasn't able to start or, or play in that game, um, which was difficult. You know, and you know, unfortunately, that was that's the way my career ended in Oakland. But I'm really looking forward to this next chapter here in Philadelphia. Right. You know, to be honest with you, I thought if you'd played and been able to play and play your game, I thought you would have given your team a puncher's chance. But that's just me. You know, obviously, I've seen you a lot over the years, so that's that was my thought going in. I have to ask you, Derek Carr is considered to be a pretty good talent in this league. So you're around him every day. What makes him a high level talent that any quarterback would appreciate? He's a uh, you know he's a very gifted thrower. And I think that's pretty easy to see when when you watch him. He just has a, a very a gifted talent to be able to just throw the football and be very smooth. And on top of that, he's a very bright, bright and intelligent guy. You know, he he works hard, and you know, um, the game of football comes easy to him. You know, so it was good to kind of play with him for uh, play with him for three seasons in Oakland. Um, you know, and I wish him you know the, the best of luck uh, with the rest of his career. What do you think of the, of the eventual move to Las Vegas? Because I mean, you spent four years out there with some crazy fans. What did you think about that? Um, you know, you always see you know rumors about teams moving, and you know I definitely have dealt with those rumors while I was in Oakland the past few years. But you, you try not to pay too much attention to it because at the end of the day, it's it's out of your control. Um, but you know, um, it, it's tough. You know, that's a that's a, a great great fan base they have there in Oakland and. Um, to see them now moving to Las Vegas, uh, I am a bit anxious to see how that how that how that'll turn out. What that what that crowd will be like, what that fan base will be like. But I I don't think in you know any way, shape, or form that those fans in Oakland will will not still love the Oakland Raiders, you know, or the Las Vegas Raiders that that it will be now. <laughs> how excited are you now for the next chapter of this career of yours? Um. Very excited, you know this uh, this journey that that has been going on since uh, you know my walk on days at Penn State has been nothing <laughs> short short of incredible for me. You know, it's just uh, it, it's an every it's an everyday grind. You know, it's a process and it, it, it's been fun. But it's been filled with ups and downs, um, but you know I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. It, it, it's incredible. I love playing the game of football. I love working out in the weight room. I love being in the film room. Love being on the practice field. Love throwing the football. You know, and it's 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 a great football game, and you know I'm really looking forward to uh, you know becoming a Philadelphia Eagle, and um, and continuing to grow and get better as a quarterback, and do everything I can to uh, you know to help out uh, our quarterback room and, and to help out um, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I, 
In fact, I might be one of the few people around that saw all those walk-on days. <laughs> all those all those far vest behind the back passes when you got in trouble. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Those were those were a long time ago. Yeah, that, that was yeah that was before I uh, yeah yeah before before I started to change my game around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, look, I saw them all. What, in your opinion, now as you go into your fifth year, it's your fifth year. What does it take on the business, you know, on the business side of this to survive in this business? Because you have survived, right? Well, the business part I leave for my agent. You know, that's that's what you pay those guys for. Right. But uh, you know, I, I always I've always said it is a performance based business, and and you know, I, I think that in itself, you know, is very self explanatory. I mean, if you don't play well day in and day out you're not going to be around national football league very long especially at the quarterback position you know if you don't show up every day um and, and want to get better and, and want to earn it and, and want to keep your job you're not going to be there and i think i kind of understand that you know i kind of understand that i need to make improvements every day and every aspect of of my job i need to get stronger in the weight room i need to um get better at watching film I, I need to get better at my decision making my accuracy needs to improve and you're always working on little things day in and day out to continue to grow and to continue to get better because there's always younger guys coming into the national football there's going to be a draft every year <laughs> yeah. so you know it, it, it's what you do you know right now it's what you do in the summer during camp preseason the regular season it's what you do from you know January to, to April when when you're lifting and, and, and conditioning so it, it's a, it's a year process um, but it, it, it it's it's awesome you know and I really enjoy it and uh, I'm looking forward to trying to continue to get better get stronger get healthy and stay in this National Football League as, as long as I can absolutely one final question Matt I'll let you go you always had fun here at Penn State with what you were doing I don't care whether you're trying to impress everybody as a walk-on finally getting your opportunities uh, fighting through any frustration and then then winning the job in this business today what is still fun for Matt McGloin about football um, I think just showing up at the facility every day is fun for me you know, you know what I mean. I, I, yeah, I, I, I just, I enjoy the atmosphere. I, I, there's something about it. You know, you walk in, you know, you, you see your your teammates there. You know, the, you walk in the weight room. You have, you know, top of the line weights, everything. You walk on the practice field. You get to play football for a living. And I mean, for me, it doesn't get better than that. It's what I've always wanted to do. You know, I've been playing football since I was five years old, and I'd be able to to call it my profession and and. It's my job, and there's nothing better than that. And I understand how hard it is to get into this league. I understand how hard it is to stay in this league. So I definitely don't take it for granted. And it's something that, you know, I, I want to earn every day and something that I work for each and every day. Well, you're forever going to have a spot in Penn State lore, as you well know, and that's why people continue to be thrilled by seeing you still in the league. Uh, congratulations on the new new contract for you going to Philadelphia, and we appreciate the time you gave us again here as always, Matt. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on the show. Matt McGloin, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have a re- – you know what they think about this. The Eagles have a really, really good quarterback situation. Carson Wentz, all that potential talent. Nick Foles, who's been around the block. Matt McGloin, who's been around the block. 
How many times have we seen in the last 10 years where teams have floated down to their third quarterback? It is a great luxury to have one that has been in there and has done some good things when he's been in there. And who's not to say Matt McGloin isn't the number two quarterback and Nick Foles is number three? We'll come back with more in a moment. Neil Kulong next half hour. Donnie Collins' final half hour. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sunbury Motors Lincoln continues to satisfy the most discerning buyer by making American luxury affordable. If you're looking for a midsize SUV, the Lincoln MKX has to be on your list. Sunbury Motors Lincoln has the 2017 Lincoln MKX all-wheel drive starting at $38,016 after $1,000 retail premium bonus cash. Plus, well-qualified buyers can get 0% financing for 60 months with Lincoln Automotive Financial Services. You can choose from 12 MKXs in stock now. Sunbury Motors Lincoln has five 2017 Lincoln Continental in stock, ready for the test drive of your life. The 2017 Continental won the coveted 2017 AutoGuide.com Reader's Choice Luxury Car of the Year Award. Subway Motors has a 2017 Continental with an MSRP of 48315 discounted to 46315 Now is the time to see why more people are realizing they can move up to a brand new Lincoln from Subway Motors Lincoln and the North 4th Street Auto Plaza Sunbury. I received an email during the uh, Matt McGloin interview asking why we have on guests like Matt McGloin and Ed Henry of Fox News and people like that, that they wanted more IndyCar and Olympic talk. And I didn't recognize the email address at first, and then I realized the suit hijacks suit lights <laughs> email account. account. <laughs> <laughs> Cracked the password code. <laughs> I, I, I just, I mean, it's getting sad, Sean. It it's is. getting really sad. It's 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 screaming at the top at the top of the hill. I need attention. I need attention. Grasping at straws. Oh, grasping at something. Uh, this day in sports history. 1907, New York, uh, in New York, umpire Bill Clem, Hall of Famer, called a forfeit in favor of the Phillies when the Giants fans disrupted play with snowballs. <laughs> 1921, the first live sports event on radio took place on this day in KDKA. The event was a boxing match between Johnny Ray and Johnny Dundee. And uh, I think I announced that one. 1940, Andrew Ponzi set a world record in New York in pocket billiards when he ran 127 balls in a row. Wow. 1947, Jackie Robinson, first black player in the major leagues. It was an exhibition game that he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers on the state in 1947. The regular season opener will be would be four days later, which would be this Saturday, which will be 70 years to the day. 1966, Emmett Ashford became the first African-American Major League umpire. And, of course, uh, we had Ed, Ed Henry on yesterday about 42 Faith. Check that out at 42faithbook.com. Yeah, I always liked uh, when a reporter, and that's why I asked the initial question I did yesterday. Look, you had done a report this morning on, you know, 
Jared Kushner, Steve Bannon, Ryan's Priebus, and you cited two sources in the in the report. Now these are current sources, people he's developed a connection with them. Now what did it take to then source something that happened seventy years ago? I thought he gave a great answer of going through the Library of Congress, you know, going back to the church where um, Branch Rickey had gone to. I mean, he did a lot of legwork and a lot of interviews with people to connect all the dots to make that happen. And that's why it's a fascinating book. I also love the fact that he included the uh, shot heard around the world in 51. I also like the fact that when Jackie Robinson was traded from the Dodgers to the Giants in 56, I retired. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm not going to the Giants. <laughs> People don't realize Jackie Robinson was traded at the end. Didn't play. Incredible credit. You know, baseball wasn't even his best sport. Neil Kulong, next half hour. Could the Steelers be looking at the possibility of a quarterback in round two? Neil and I will at least address the rumor. You'd be excited about a quarterback, wouldn't you, Sean? Sooner or later, you got to take one. I'm just wondering, number two this season. Well, we'll talk about it next half hour. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. On your home for the Philadelphia Phillies, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Your home for the Phillies. News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. This is WKOK Sunbury.